Hey there, welcome to Authentically Raw. I'm your host, Jamie Barris. Today's guest is Azaya Syed. Did I do okay? You did. You did perfect. Okay. Well done. Welcome to the Authentically Raw podcast. How are you? I'm doing very well, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Yes. Azaya is the um, co-founder and CEO of MEND. Can you tell us what MEND is? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, we kind of anchored the company on human healing. Uh, and so you kind of have to unpack that. You know, human healing is physical, it's spiritual, it's emotional, it's psychological. And more often than not, it's really all of the above. And we all go through traumas in our lives, um, some small traumas, sometimes major traumas, and we're constantly having to heal. And so the question is, you know, what does healing entail? And, and what are some of the underlying principles that we can use you know, from a scientific perspective to really help humans? Um, and so that's really the core of our mission. We're kind of starting more in the, the physical side of things. So when someone has had a physical trauma, whether it's you know, an orthopedic one or you know, you've gone into you're going into surgery meds. My mom, unfortunately, she was diagnosed with cancer um, just a week ago on my birthday. Uh, I'm Walton. sorry about that. It's, it's her, her second time, and you know, she's 80, and so it's 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 not a fun period. But she's she's strong, and she's a trooper, and, and, and we know when we can do this. Uh, so when you go through something like that, um, you know, not only is your body working harder to help repair itself. There is a psychological component to it. There's an emotional component to it. And there, and there certainly is a spiritual component to it. And how do we take a whole person view to this um, and ensure that we're supporting people to not only heal, but then to position themselves for long-term success? And so we're a company that's really focused on that. And we think at this point in human history where disease rates are at the highest, uh, emotional illness rates at their highest, you know, we can go on and on with stats that are really quite bleak. Um, a company that's really focused on healing is needed and um, a company that's really anchored in, in science and evidence of healing is needed. And so that's what we're, we're endeavoring to do. Interesting you say that. And I wish I could remember the book I was reading. It's about a year or two ago. And we um, are actually declining as far as our, you know, like how long we live. And at a time when, of course, you know, we're so advanced <laughs> in medicine and which is, is, is crazy really. And there's so many factors that go into it. Does that, tell us about the science and everything behind MEND and how. Yeah, in fact, in the last three years is the first time that the US has seen a decline in life expectancy. Uh, and, and that's not true of our peers and in other industrialized nations. So the question is, you know, what's going on here? Because even when you factor out kind of COVID playing a contributing role, where obviously, you know, we lost a lot of folks. If you normalized for that, we saw a decline in, in life expectancy. And so what we're doing in our society um, is uh, in the multi, multiple parts of this, but we're, we're doing a really good job of, oh, froze for a second. Um, we're doing a really job of, uh, of getting you ill. And then we have a system that is really designed to kind of get at you. And I'm reading a book by, which I'd recommend for all your audiences, a book by Peter Atia called Outlive. And um, in Outlive, Dr. Atia talks about kind of medicine 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, medicine 1.0 being kind of the, the relic of our old days when, you know, illness was this mysterious thing and it was being influenced by the gods and spirits and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, we developed science and the germ theory and all that kind of stuff. We moved to medicine 2.0, which is you get sick. We know some of the underlying 
biological causes of illness and we intervene with medicine and drugs and surgery and so forth to, to help address that illness. Um, and so what we have in our country and in the world really is we get to you at the point of diagnosis. So we do a good job of getting you sick and there's a whole bunch of reasons for that which I'll, I'll speak to. And then many times we're getting to you where it's too late to really do anything about it beyond maintain your life with drugs. So we drug you up and we help you live longer, but it's really the quality of what we call kind of the health span or the wealth span. Is that elongated? And it's not, you're actually living longer years and actually poor health. And that's not the way we want to live. And so, so part of the reason is, you know, if you look at kind of human history at a, at a macro level, and you look at it through an evolutionary lens, the vast majority of human history is um, really about our early years, which are, you know, hunter-gatherer years where we were living a pretty consistent life on kind of what we were eating, the manner in which we were living. And then in a very quick period of time, there's actually a really profound chart that shows us that it shows a graphic as if human history were a 250-page book. And the first 249 pages are effectively hunter-gatherer years where it's kind of blank. And then comes the Industrial Revolution, the Agricultural Revolution, the Digital Revolution, so on and so forth. And everything changed. The foods that we eat changed. The environment that we live in changed. The nature of our stressors changed. And, and that's really, I think, one of the main drivers to you know this rate of illness and why we're seeing you know, so much sickness is we're eating highly manufactured processed foods. We know that we're nutrient deficient. Very large studies have shown this, that at a population health level, for example, 94% of the population is deficient in vitamin D. And you can go down the list of market micronutrients. We're deficient. So we're eating a ton and we're creating metabolic syndrome and all lying, you know, underlying causes of illness, but we're very lacking in nutrients. And then you superimpose on that stressors that haven't existed before, my environmental toxins, stress about my job, stress about bills. And it's no wonder that we're sick. Uh, and so we get you sick, we get to you at the point of, diagnosis and then the only thing really remaining is drug you up to sustain your life and, and that's why we're seeing some of this enormous issues you talked about so many things i want to touch on and i'm going to kind of throw it all out there and i'll let you pull out what you want to start with but just even how we don't live in an age where we're you know running from a pack of wolves right because our body's response to that would have been you know back then you know survival and we get into that fight flight freeze you know the the adrenaline the cortisol is released in our bodies and we would run and hide or you know climb a tree or do whatever we have to to get away from that and then our body would restore itself you know we'd go back to that equilibrium or that state whereas i feel like we are you know, we, so many of us live in constant chronic stress and we live in a state of alarm that fight, flight or freeze. We never, we never restore. It's like this low simmering, you know, maybe it's not low, but it's always this simmering stress in our bodies, which takes a toll. And no matter, you know, what you're eating or what kind of environment you live in, that's one thing I want to, um, I want to have you, you know, talking a little bit, but also just, you know, it's interesting with our food, food, we live, I mean, most of our problem is, you know, there's so much food, it's an abundance, and it's harder to not eat, you know, and consume so much in, in you know, for our health purposes. And 
yet we're eating things that don't carry a lot of nutritional value because so much of what we eat comes out of a package and you know it's kudos to the marketing people but they brainwash us into believing so many things are healthy that aren't i'm sorry there's nothing healthy about a pretzel what is it you know but we're conditioned to believe oh pretzels are healthy well it never it didn't grow from the earth <laughs> it didn't want you know i always tell my kids that if it comes in a package don't eat it and they say well sometimes you buy apples in a package it's like <laughs> but you know i'm always saying did it walk on the earth did it grow from the earth then it's not real food and if we really look at our diets what what is our body doing with that stuff that we're putting in there that stuff when you really read the back of a package even if it's a protein bar or this shake that we are so convinced this is so much healthier really is that healthier than the things that are you know already here so the, i should probably stop there is there anything you want to comment on about because i'll go on and on <laughs> yeah and so could i and, and there's a lot to unpack there i mean first of all the you know freeze fight or flight you know freeze response if you look at through again through the evolutionary lens, it's a very useful thing that you know we 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 developed in the narrative, because when you're in kind of the you know in the savanna and and, and the really the, the the primary threat to you is a predator that can actually take your life, you need to be able to respond instantaneously. So we we have this built-in mechanism where you're literally within a nanosecond of facing some sort of threat, you can respond to that. That was very useful. But what if the nature of the threat changes to, oh my God, I got this bill to pay and I don't have money. And, you know, there's all kinds of these microstressors that aren't actually a threat to your survival, yeah. but they're triggering that same fight or flight response. And so at a hormonal level, your body is responding as if it's under significant threat and that's constantly being triggered. And so that's creating all kinds of imbalance and metabolic dysre dysregulation and, and, and and then you superimpose on that the fact that we're eating foods, as, as you just talked about, which which are uh, synthetic and they're actually creating in our in our you know in our gut in our body further dysregulation. Um, and so this this is this is the, the the core of the issue is constant stress, you know, that we're being exposed to, and really really unhealthy foods that are feeding disease, and the combination of those two is a spiral that leads to further and further inflammation, further and further dysregulation um, that is causing all this illness. And uh, you know, if you look at the trajectory of disease and the cost of disease in our society, it's totally unsustainable. Mm -hmm. This is an economic catastrophe. And our country loves to value economic growth and GDP and you know, being prosperous and wealthy and all that kind of stuff. And we're, we're blind walk or sleepwalking into something that is going to be catastrophic from an economic perspective we, we need to solve this and, and a lot of smart minds like your yourself that are on the you know the front lines of of wellness and human health and coaching we all need to band together to solve for this because this is a big big problem mm -hmm. and i think just the um it, it puts together so well how physical spiritual mental emotional health are all you know intertwined and you know, if you're not taking care of one, the other one suffers. And so often, you know, we, we value one more than the other or, but how does, you know, with your, I wanted to bring up one word. I want you to describe it. What is the neutral pharma? Am I even saying neutral that? Neutral pharma. Yeah, neutral yeah. pharma. 
Talk yeah, about kind of the, so, so, the, so the idea is that, you know, we've become wholesale dependent on pharma, pharmaceutical drugs, as the thing that medicine relies on as evidence-based. So this is you know, something that's been studied with the scientific rigor, and it addresses specific endpoints um, that we're trying to address in terms of illness and disease. And then the other end of the spectrum is this world of kind of natural supplements, dietary supplements, which live in the natural world, but historically haven't had the level of, of scientific rigor and development. And the question for you know us as a company was, yeah, as it relates to specific endpoints that we're interested in, whether it's injury or, you know, in the, we're right now primarily in physical, but emotional, spiritual, et cetera. Are there certain natural compounds that can play a role in your wellness? But can we put the scientific rigor behind them? Can we develop it like a drug and, and just go out to the mainstream medical community and say, look, here is another modality that can really help with your patients? Because if we're not getting to mainstream medicine, uh, unfortunately, we're, we're, we're not going to you know, move the needle as much as we'd like. We've been preaching the mantra of healthy eating and exercise and all this kind of stuff forever. But we're, yet here we are with you know, record rates. Milling. So Nutri-Pharma is meant to convey this space in between pharmaceuticals and nutraceuticals where it's developed with a level of scientific rigor and it's really focused on very specific applications. That's what we're calling Nutri-Pharma. Okay. What are the specific applications? Tell me more about that. Yeah, for example, my mom is, like I said, 80 years old, and she just had a joint replacement done uh, six months ago. And one of the things that very commonly happens, and it's underreported, underappreciated, and actually a paper published in 2022 of Applied Physiology, actually quantifying it through biopsies, that you get muscle atrophy and weakness as a result of the surgery. Um, and that muscle atrophy and weakness can persist forever and does, in fact, persist forever. Um, you never quite return to your prior pre-surgical state of, of function if there is no intervention in that critical perioperative period. So the question is, is there any intervention that would reduce that muscle atrophy or you know, reduce some of that muscle loss, result in better muscle overall, and then better return to function, sustained return to function? So one of our uh, products, which is a you know, kind of high dose of specific line of essential amino acids, does that. It actually preserves muscle. You get better return to function. And very exciting studies have shown, there's a follow-up study done two years post by a, a group out of Japan that looked at the patients that took essential amino acids against a placebo. Okay, during the perioperative period, perioperative, by perioperative, I mean during that window of pre-surgery and post-surgery, the patients had better muscle, they had better return to function. But then what happens two years later? Did we see any benefits? We saw better we saw benefits two years onward. So for something that was only taken for a five week period of time, two years later versus placebo, the 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 EAA population was showing sustained effects. So that's an example of Nutrapharma. Essential amino acids, we know them well. Nothing new or revolutionary about essential amino acids, natural compounds, but we applied them to a very specific use case and we demonstrated through published science, randomized trials, uh, biopsy studies, et cetera, MRIs, functional scores, that you can actually utilize a natural compound to get very medicine-like benefits. And so we think this is a new food as medicine category that will become more and more important as a part of what society utilizes as a toolkit to help improve human health. Interesting. So uh, being, um, I'll say, middle-age-ish, <laughs> I... 
Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't live till I'm 100. Let's put it that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So a couple things I want to um, just have you speak on. For instance, so I had knee surgery. It was just like, you know, meniscus kind of cleanup sort of thing, probably almost 15 years ago. It doesn't really bother me. It's okay. I'm a little bit nervous, you know, in the future of how that's going to play out. It's You can tell it's, it's, it's a little, I guess there's high scar tissue or it's a little bit, I, I don't necessarily want to say swollen, but it looks different than my other knee. But um, a few years ago, my husband was moving a snowmobile and all of a sudden it was like pop and his yeah. um tore his whole bicep so that has oh, bugged him ever since um he kind of missed the window of surgery but yet um you know some doctors you know you shouldn't do it anyway i mean there's all kinds of things but it's kind of you know it's there and then same thing was it two winters ago we were skiing and he was just going down didn't didn't fall didn't do anything weird and same sort of thing it was like oh. bam still bothering him when in you know nothing really you can do it's fluid it takes time this and that and i guess at some point you you get to this point where no living with these things is not an option for me but yet when you go and be seen you know i mean you get all you know it is good to get different opinions but you get you know do this you know do the surgery don't do the surgery it's just going to take time or you know all of these different things and you know we try things we try physical therapy and at some point you know i guess my question bottom line is a couple things you know prevention or then when you have an injury you know what's what are some good products or some good practices and you know what it, when you're told, well, you know, you just got to live with it. I mean, that's just not, that's not an answer to me. Yeah. Talk yeah. about all I, of that. I just threw it at you. Yeah. I mean, I, I relate to that because I, um, you know, I had a stress fracture that was very slow to heal and I was frustrated because I'm an active guy and I like to live a very active lifestyle. And my doctor saying to me, go home and rest was just, was not an acceptable answer. And that really was got what got me kind of really researching this area. And here's the bottom line. Any type of injury raises your body's metabolic it's working harder to repair tissues your body is super smart and it knows it needs resources allocate resources from the immune system over to a certain area and so what it does is it borrows resources from other areas to help address the tissue uh, repair and so it's working harder so even a minor trauma can raise metabolic demand by as much as 25 percent it sounds like your husband had a very significant injury so his body was working really hard and I'll be willing to bet no doctor said, feed yourself more of the right nutrients. They didn't even talk about it. Um, no. <laughs> and that is that is appalling. Uh, unfortunately, all the science is published now that shows that nutrition is really critical to healing. Your body is needs the core building blocks that the tissue is trying to repair. The immune system is working over time. And so you need to feel your body. So that's kind of the number one kind of premise on all of that is that that's not the time to be dieting. Uh, that's the time to be nourishing your body with all the key right nutrients to help support mm -hmm. repair and recovery. As far as some of these, you know, chronic things, typically at the you know, the root of it is you know, some sort of inflammation. You feed your body the right nutrients; it's gonna it's gonna help prepare and rebuild that tissue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, as we get older, that becomes less efficient. But we're learning more and more that you know managing systemic low-grade inflammation is really critical to kind of feeling musculoskeletally, feeling your best, making sure as we get older we have sufficient amounts of protein and all the kind of the latest data 
is suggesting as we get older, we should increase our protein intake and increase resistance training. And all these things will contribute to, you know, the best life that we can live. Um, keeping our blood sugar low and, and moderated, getting the inflammation down, getting your protein level and resistance training up so your muscles are, muscles play a phenomenally important role that we underappreciate. We think they're kind of this vanity thing it's to look good on the beach and it's for younger people, not at all. You're going to hear the concept of muscle-centric medicine more and more. And muscle-centric medicine is all about how critical muscle, a role muscle plays in our overall well-being. And that includes the things that your husband wants to do, you know, live an active life. But it goes way beyond that. It goes to metabolic regulation. It goes to just overall health. And so really paying attention to your muscle health is very, very important as we get older. Mm -hmm. You know, and you said uh, about managing, you know, the low grade inflammation. And I don't think people are very aware of how much what we eat, you know, we live like inflamed and things. And he's not gonna like this poor guy. I'm gonna have to send him this ahead of time, <laughs> picking on him, but he's got a sweet tooth. <laughs> right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I tell you, stop, stop eating all the sugar. And I my whole family gets sick of me saying that I'm like, sugar is just it's so bad. It's so bad for you. But I mean, so is the salt, the sodium, the package. I mean, there's so much out there. Yeah. But what is, I mean, you know, so what are some things? Um I liked you said the muscle centric medicine. So what is that? How do we feed our muscles better? Yeah, on the inflammation side of things, you know, you, you, you've hit it, you know, low grade systemic inflammation. So inflammation is, you know, your listeners probably know has a very important role to play in, in healing. So when there's an acute response to an injury, your body's directing a bunch of resources there, you know, the swelling and the inflammation is all about accumulating the resources necessary to help repair that tissue and protect it. And that's a healthy inflammation response. But below our level of awareness, all kinds of things stimulate a consistent chronic inflammation response. The sugars and the foods that we eat, the environmental stressors, lack of sleep, and all this stuff is contributing to a spiral of metabolic dysregulation, which is what we really need to be aware of and, and, and prevent against because that causes all kinds of systemic down, uh, downstream problems. Um, so there are well-known natural things that you can do, you know, get your sleep, get a sufficient amount of exercise, try to avoid the processed synthetic foods that help raise this inflammation, but also consume natural compounds that help fight it. So we know tart cherry and turmeric, which are, you know, core ingredients in one of our products, ginger, tart cherry, um, turmeric, curcumin, um, you know, ashwagandha, these are things that help to really combat uh, both, anti, you know, the oxidation as well as the inflammation. As far as, you know, muscles are concerned, you know, all the latest data that you'll see more and more of is, is suggesting that as we get older, you know, we get less efficient, our gut get, becomes less efficient absorbing some of the core amino acids. And uh, we need to fuel that response more. So we need more muscle protein synthesis, we need to maintain the health of our muscles. And our muscles, like I said, act as a store for amino acids and they release amino acids in vital critical periods to help fuel our organs and our various metabolic responses. So they play a very important role. So we'll be publishing as a company more and more on muscle-centric medicine. We don't take claim for that acronym or that, that phraseology. It comes out of a, of a dietitian, I think based in Australia. Um, but some of the key things to consider is ensuring that you're supporting digestive health, 
right, with fiber and key things that help break down the nutrients prebiotics. So these are the some of the things that your you know, fiber falls into that. Some of the things that your gut bacteria actually utilize as food that'll help to break down some of those amino acids. So we use in one of the protein powders that we have called Regenerate, we've set up digestive enzymes along with amino acids in the protein to ensure that that, and one of them has a really good clinical study on it that shows 40% increased absorption of, uh, of nutrients. So you really wanna be mindful of the amount of protein that you're consuming, but also couple that as we get older with the right sets of digestive enzymes so that we're really maximally absorbing it. And I can't stress enough the resistance training that goes with that. You're not just gonna consume protein and magically, you know, you're gonna have healthier muscle. You gotta pair that with, you know, the things that really help uh, introduce uh, muscle protein synthesis uh, and really fuel, you know, muscle health and muscle response. Definitely. So I'm, yeah, tell me a little bit about some of your products though, and what, um, you know, you mentioned, you know, a few of the ingredients and things because, you know, we'll read about, oh, you know, this helps with inflammation and that does and you know not all of us sit here and sprinkle this and sprinkle that on our food so we have to get these things from someplace and you know how much how much do we need and what um tell me okay i like that you hit on like di digestion and probiotics and things because ugh, i've got a lot of that stuff going on and it is hard yeah. to find um a probiotic i mean i know i i really don't try to touch dairy the whole glute wheat and thing you know which is sugar um stay away from and i feel a lot better but yeah uh, you know, so talk to me about about that like yeah. the different products and exactly what it does and because we all have these ailments and we're all looking for something yeah and and, the, and key thing i'll emphasize is you know we're building out a scientific dossier on every one of our products which is this is nutri pharma we're doing randomized trials and we're developing a level of scientific rigor including third-party testing of our products for quality. So third-party labs will independently rent, take a random sample of our product, test to ensure that it contains what it says it contains, it doesn't contain anything harmful, et cetera. So one of our products is, so we're trying to address very thoughtfully some of the biggest challenges in society, right? So we know we talked about systemic low-grade inflammation, major problem. Let's talk about blood sugar. 50 to 60% of the US population is pre-diabetic or diabetic. Many people are completely unaware. Blood sugar is a crisis. I would probably say 70%, 80% of the population has uh, high blood sugar. Managing your blood sugar is really, really critical. Managing some of the key risks for you know, cardiovascular events. So some of the things that we know contribute to cardiovascular disease. So Perform Daily Inflammation is one of our products that has turmeric, ashwagandha, tartarian, ginger, all in the most highly bioavailable sources that, that are known to science, all in a single pill. Um, it's a product that I use every single day without fail as a part of just my regime on how I wanna manage my health. Control Glucose is another product that we have. We just completed last year a randomized placebo controlled trial on it. Supports all the data that was published previously. There are 12 plus clinical trials that show a reduction in A1C reduction in blood glucose levels, improving insulin sensitivity. We validated that through a 35%, uh, 35 person, I should say, both in placebo and, and control, or in, in, the, in the men population, that we can lower A1C, lower blood sugar, blood sugar levels, improve insulin sensitivity. Now, and then we have a product that uh, we're gonna be introducing in about a month that has 20 published randomized trials 
And it's really focused on some of the key drivers of cardiovascular core health. Mm-hmm. So for example, in the trials that we've shown, it, it lowers triglycerides by 23%. That's a very significant number. And again, backed by really strong scientific data. So if we pay attention to these things, we pay attention to oxidative stress, we pay attention to inflammation, we pay attention to blood glucose levels, we pay attention to muscle health. Those are the key things you can do right there. Mm-hmm. You, want to, you want to improve your human health? You know, get your physical activity, get your resistance training, improve your muscle health, keep your blood sugar down, keep the inflammation down, reduce oxidative stress, and you will be going a long way. And it's not difficult to do. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I know, I know sugar is in all of our foods, and that's kind of really difficult to do. Be mindful, as you've said, is, you know, eating whole foods and reducing the amount of, you know, boxed foods that we eat. Uh, these are just changes. There's a little diagram that I, I said to my team that I, and it, it we, when we try big wholesale changes, we fail. But when we try little steps, it's like looking at that mountain from afar and going, holy God, how am I going to, how am I ever going to climb that mountain? But if you just focus on the next 10 meters, I assure you, you can get the next 10 meters and then the next 10 meters and so on and so forth. And you break it up in little chunks. All of a sudden, these things become habits. Um, and habits become you know, just a part of your life. It becomes a part of your DNA and who you are. And it's not so hard anymore. Mm-hmm. It, it becomes something that's actually even easy to do. Like I have been steadily building up my fasting. And yesterday was the first time I did a 48-hour fast. And I was texting my brothers that I don't even feel hungry. This, this doesn't feel difficult at all. And if I'd done it all at once at the beginning, it would have been very difficult to do. Because mm-hmm. I built it up into little chunks and habits, it became very easy to do. So that's kind of what I would suggest and recommend is don't try to take on too much. You'll fail. Take on take on little bits and pieces. Definitely. And a lot of it too is it's the prevention because I feel like so much of you know, right now everything's focused. I shouldn't say everything, but a lot of the focus is on, okay, now you're sick, now let's mm-hmm. intervene do something so who really wants to get to that point you know and right. is, is when you when you're um living this life lifestyle of eating the whole foods and you know taking some supplements that actually are doing something in your body when you're exercising getting enough sleep all of all of those things you just feel good feel great <laughs> feel so great yeah and I, think- I, I said that to my brother and sorry to cut you off i said that to my brothers yesterday it's just like i feel phenomenal i slept better Last yeah. two nights, I slept uninterrupted sleep. When I was not doing the fasting, I was waking up at 2 a.m. in the morning. Why am I waking up? Both last night and the night before, I had uninterrupted sleep. Mm-hmm. This is all related, guys. You feel amazing. And it's really worth the investment in taking these preventative habits and stuff into your life because you feel the best you've ever felt. You know, and I think so many of us walk around not even realizing how how bad or how blah we feel because we're just used to it. And when you really start taking care of yourself, you get that little glimpse. Like you said, you know, you, you all of a sudden it's like, wow, I feel phenomenal. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night. And a lot of times we don't connect the dots like that. And, you know, you think, oh, I'm waking up at night because, you know, maybe, you know, it was the 3 p.m. cup of coffee. It could have been, but you take that out and you're still waking up at night. Oh, it's yeah. just about this at work or, you know, I mean, we, we don't connect the dots. And a lot of this is it's simple practices. It's not like you said, it's you don't have to look at the mountain and think I got to scale it at once. It's just these small changes. Yeah. My brother over my 
week ago was my birthday and he bought me a, this ice bath um, a ritual <laughs> thing that we did. It was a combination of ice bath and sauna meditation, what have you. And I was dreading going into this ice bath because I don't like cold and I don't like cold water. Um, but I did it. And, you know, part of the philosophy of it is beyond kind of the physiological benefits is you're putting yourself in an incredibly uncomfortable environment. Mm -hmm. And in that environment, what you're doing is you're learning to breathe and introduce calm into yourself. And that is as much a mental exercise. You know, I put myself in this space where, oh my God, was it uncomfortable. But lo and behold, with about 30 seconds of breathing, I became completely calm in this environment. And so there's, there's a, a book or something I came across the other day, you know, kind of from pain to purpose. Can you utilize some of these events in your life that were really challenging and difficult to actually create, you know, more meaning and purpose? And when I got out of the ice bath, you know, within 60 seconds, I felt light musculoskeletally. I felt no aches and pains. My whole body felt light. I felt positive. I felt encouraged. I felt just, it was just amazing. And so that's the return you get on this investment. Um, and you don't have to jump into an ice bath. You just have to make little changes. And over time, those little changes accumulate into really profound benefits. Um, so it's really worth worth the journey of investing in health. I'm going to hold on to an ice cube to start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah. I hear uh, me all too. Me the too. cold plunges and this and then I'm like, yeah, I'll try it. Yeah, I, I know the, the yeah. thought of it was dreadful to me as well, believe me. Right. The pool's kind of chilly still. I don't know. Does like 70 count? No. Yeah. Actually, that's a good question. I've never asked what, you know, the cold plunge. Is there a a temperature that is? Well, so I had done a hyperbaric chamber. Is it a hyperbaric chamber? No, cryo chamber. I'm sorry. Once before, I just randomly went, uh, went and walked into one. And it was a minus 150. I yeah. don't know what the bath plunge is, but that's what the cryotherapy chamber was. Whew. And how yeah. long do you do that for? The ice bath was two minutes. The cryo chamber was three minutes. Wow. So it's difficult to get in. And I'd say the first 30 seconds are jarring. But then the key thing is to manage your breath. And as you manage your breath and keep doing deep breathing, your body settles down. And after about 30 seconds, you're like, okay, I can get through this. And, and you're okay. Uh, it's, it's not as bad as it sounds. Whew. You gotta get uncomfortable, right? Yeah. No. Pain, uh, pain to purpose. <laughs> pain to purpose. Most definitely. Oh, thank you so much, Isaiah. This pleasure. has been a fabulous conversation. So informational on so many levels. So where can everybody um, find more about your products and, and everything? Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me and thank you for doing all the amazing work that you do. Uh, we need more of you in the world right now, more than ever. Uh, the company. Thank you. The company's called Mend, M-E-N-D, and our uh, website address is mend.me.me. .me. And I can certainly be reached if you ever have a question about anything. Uh, my name is Isaiah, E-Z-I-H, at mend.me. Okay, fabulous. And your website's amazing. I had a lot of fun on there scrolling around. I'm like, oh, wow, I could stay on here a long time. I just, you know, anything health and wellness, I just... I'm all into that anyway. So yeah, we have a, a community of folks like us that really care about this uh, as a topic because uh, we urgently need this. And so I think the more our tribe of wellness focused people grows uh, to me, the better. Yes. Well, I mean, you have one life to live. Don't you want to live it feeling good? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right? For sure. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely.
thanks again. And I will put all the information in the show notes on where to find you. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, listener. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here as we kick off this podcast together. I really appreciate you joining me on this journey because I'm well aware you could be doing or listening to anything right now. Hey, if you enjoy the Authentically Raw content, please support the show by following, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. You can also follow me on social media for daily inspiration. Head over to my website, jamiebarris.com, to sign up for weekly transformation tips. Or if you're interested in coaching, I currently have three openings for one-on-one coaching. If you're looking for an empowering community, we'd love for you to join us in the Transformation Tribe our group coaching membership. More info available on my website under the life coaching and membership tabs. One last thing, I'm rooting for you. Be real, be raw, be authentic.